It's the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. Follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. This week, we recorded an impromptu chat with Bobby Blades from the Inhuman Experience podcast. Don't panic. Don't forget your towel and come along as we discuss the coronavirus. Just a quick disclaimer, we had a little bit of audio trouble recording this episode, so you may notice the voices sound different at certain times. I did my best to edit it and make it sound good for all of you beautiful people out there. We've never seen anything like this before in in our lifetime, and I don't think anybody alive has seen anything like this. This virus seems very like more contagious than the flu really really contagious so chances are at some point you will be exposed to it and it's just a matter of numbers they don't know why people get sick and why people die but the numbers appear to be far far worse than the flu um i'm the type of person if i was to do as much research on that i probably wouldn't leave my house (laughs) because i'd be so afraid and so I've been yeah. keeping um, keeping my distance from it and just, you know, trying to wash my hands and stay clean and avoid like, um, you know, avoid like the potential places where you could get this kind of thing. Yeah. And like earlier, we went to a, went to somebody's birthday party and they had like a, a blow up bouncy jump slide thing or whatever. And I was like sitting there I'm like, dude, I don't want to go on that slide because like I'm going to get the coronavirus <laughs> and like my <laughs> my lungs are starting to feel scratchy and I'm getting some phlegm and I'm like starting to trip out. And I was reading this article. So somebody from, from China who had the coronavirus wrote an article about his experience. And I was, I'm reading this article. And I'm like, dude, this is, this is intense. And I'm sitting there thinking, dude, I wonder if I have it. I have it. I bet I have it. Like, shit. yeah, see like, that would, that would be me right there. <laughs> yeah. But then I, I had to take a step back and realize, you know what? I think I just have some allergies because I was fine until I stepped outside, <laughs> you know, so you know, or until you started reading like all of the all of the things that are going on and what what they're saying. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> but on the other hand, it is intensely contagious. It's a very strange case and nobody alive has seen any pandemic like this. So it, it's hard to evaluate what the actual truth going on is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's very crazy because I'm hearing um what from the little that I do hear of it is it's not it's very downplayed. It's like, oh, the flu is more dangerous than this um, virus. And so I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be like another swine flu type situation or avian flu. Um, you know, that kind of thing where people are really mm-hmm. worried about it, but it's not really killing that many people. And it's mm-hmm. not as dangerous as what the hysterics are making it out to be. Yeah. Yeah. And. That's that's the strange thing, though, is early on, you'd see a lot of comparisons between the coronavirus and the flu. And most media outlets would say, well, don't worry about the coronavirus because the flu kills way more people every year. I mean, they, they're not saying this explicitly, but they do like a side by side comparison. And the comparison would be, well, so far, only 200 people have died from the coronavirus. But like 20,000 people died last year from the flu or whatever the number was. And they're trying to juxtapose the two to kind of downplay the danger of the coronavirus. Right. And I think that's I think that's a really, really bad idea because 
if the coronavirus is out there, maybe the government should say, hey, maybe you should just stay home today. Don't go to that birthday party. Don't go to the disco or whatever you're planning to do. Just chill out at home and watch TV. Don't get out there and expose yourself or whatever. Like, how is the average person supposed to evaluate something like that, you know? But the the information so far has seemed very, very controlled. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, well, they don't yeah. want a widespread panic. So I, I know why the information has been really controlled. Mm-hmm. But the the panic, as far as I can tell, what they're trying to really do is they're trying to avoid a stock market crash. So they're protecting the wealth of the rich. This is this is my own little tinfoil hat kind of angle on this. And I think uh, a lot of people are getting many different information, many pieces of information from many different sources. Mm-hmm. Um. And so it's really hard to suss out what is actionable intel, I'd like to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're just getting a bunch of information and you're trying to figure out what exactly the truth is. Yeah, yeah. What's what's real and what's like like misinformation as were, I guess, you know, because I, I think one of the unfortunate facts about like media today also is a lot of them like to, you know, they just like to over embellish stuff or sometimes they even make up things, you know, it's. It's, it's, it's just hard to take what they say at face value. You know? Right. And I have a hard time believing a lot of the media, you know, because they over, mm-hmm. they overstate things. There's a, there's a lot of mm-hmm. like alarmists out there that uh, it's good to be prepared, but at other times it's not good to be like a zealot about it. Yeah. But the, the crazy thing about the coronavirus is Uncharacteristically, they have been understating it massively, massively understating it. The quarantine that China did, China enacted the largest quarantine by far in the history of the human race. The numbers, I don't know exactly what the numbers is, but they quarantined like something like 10 or 20% of the entire human race. They put so many people under lock and key, and it's still like that today, by the way. And the the news media, everything I see, so this, I think this is regional. It might be different in different parts of the country and in different countries, but everything I've seen is kind of like, oh, it's not that bad. Don't worry about it. It's just going to blow over like everything else has. You know, they have the SARS and the MERS and the Ebola, and it just ends up being, you know, to, to borrow a phrase from the internet, it's a big old nothing burger. But this, the coronavirus, this appears to be something completely different. It's, it's a burger with cheese. Yeah, it's a burger with cheese, exactly. With some fries on the side and a shake. Yeah, cheese monster boogie, cheese boogie. Monster style. <laughs> I first started following the story when it came out, and one thing one thing that really caught my attention, the reason I started following it was the news that I saw was way out of line with what the news was reporting. So the news would say oh, it's not that big of a deal. The flu is worse. Don't worry about it. The numbers aren't that big of a deal. And yet at the same time, China had completely shut down everything. They shut down production. They shut down their factories. Apple's come out and said that we can't deliver our cell phones next quarter because we can't make them. China's not making them anymore. So we're going we're gonna to have a revenue hit from that. And if you just think about it for a second, All right. We have SARS. We have the swine flu. We have whatever, whatever it is, the epidemics that we've been worried about in the past. Mm -hmm. How many times has a government shut down this large of an area of their country? I don't remember it ever happening. Like even during the SARS epidemic that was going on in China, right? 
Yeah. Did they shut down as much as is being shut down right now? Not even close. So yeah, it could they, be an economic type situation like you were speaking about before. Yeah. Part of it, I think, is economics. And there's a couple of different pieces of this. So first of all, China has shut down a lot of production. And supposedly they're starting to ramp that back up because their cases are declining and more people are recovering and people are getting out of quarantine. So they're starting to ramp their factories back up, if you can believe the news, which I take it at a grain of salt. But the, the problem is, is that every company, every corporation, whatever you buy at the store either is made in China or has parts made in China. If you cannot supply those products or those parts, obviously those stores cannot sell those goods. So there's a real danger here of a recession at the very least. And if you look at the stock market, the stock market on Thursday had the biggest points drop ever of the stock market. So the economic impact is already real. We had many days in a row where there was multiple, like 3% drops. And just to put that into perspective, the average return of the stock market a year is somewhere in the ballpark of 7 to 10%, depending on how you want to crunch the numbers. We just lost more than 10% in a few days. So this is a major correction. There's already a big economic impact, but it might get worse for the economy because a lot of people are scared. And if people stop going to restaurants, they stop going to shop at Target or wherever they're shopping, those businesses, especially the smaller ones, could start to fold. So there's a real economic danger as well. Yeah, I see what you mean, though. Um, you basically in a short amount of time, it could almost economically cripple the United States if this outbreak continues and if it gets bigger. Yeah, not just the not not just the economy of the United States, but the entire world, because it's also interconnected more so than it ever has been before. I mean, it's, it's scary, and for for a very good reason, I could see why that might be downplaying some things. I, I guess just to play devil's advocate, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, man, because if something if the if the scare gets too bad, people get really crazy, starting start looting, even you know stuff. Oh yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, like it could be like end of days type stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. crap. I mean, I, I, I see videos of uh, teenagers and younger kids on the internet looting stores anyways nowadays. It's not even a <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, that's, man, what, what's going to happen when it gets real bad? Because, I mean, I, I hate to be a, a negative Nathaniel, as it were, but I mean, I think morals have kind of declined uh, uh, quite a bit in the last couple decades. Oh, know? I would fully agree with that. You know, I was just uh, seeing seeing things as they were when I was a teenager and compared to what they are now, it's definitely different. Yeah, oh yeah, things have changed, That's, and it, which is to be expected, but how fast uh, morals have changed in particular is just, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's, it's surprising, man. It's not in a good way. Yeah, and uh, it's just like in those movies that we see, you know, there's an epidemic and then there's massive amounts of murders and looting in the streets and everything. And I really hope Mm -hmm. it doesn't come to that. But I mean, with the way that people are and with the outrage of society as it is right now, we're kind of at a Mm -hmm. tipping point and, you know, things have got to get bad before they get better. Unfortunately, yeah, I I would agree with that because I would... I would agree with the the, the um, idea that uh, some people have, and I've heard a lot of people, you know, state this idea that um, or theory that you know the human race goes through cycles. You know what I mean? 
And um, one of the most famous ones I know of is uh, Graham Hancock. He, he says like uh, that famous quote of his, um, the human race is a, a race, race with amnesia. You know, oh, we, yeah. Yep. Begin again before as new. And um, I, I, to me, that makes a lot of sense, man. And unfortunately, especially in the history that we know of, I mean, there's cycles to civilization. There's, there's ups and there's downs, obviously. And I'm not saying anything it's revolutionary. I think everybody already knows this, you know, but it's definitely something <laughs> to remember. <laughs> you know, like that old saying, if you don't uh, remember history, you're doomed to repeat it, right? Right. I was just about to say that. Like, if you look back in history, you see the cycles where, like, the, the fall of the Roman Empire, the rise of a new empire over the course of maybe five to six hundred years, and then something else comes and takes its place, but it can only last for so long. And, like, the cycle will just continue. I don't think that we're looking at like a Mad Max riding in the streets kind of a scenario. I don't think that's the biggest danger. I think the biggest danger is that we have a supply disruption. If they quarantine stuff like they did in China, then grocery stores are not going to get their shipments. And China and India is where we make most of our pharmaceuticals, right? So that stuff's not going to get shipped here. And if you have if you have a pharmaceutical that you need to survive that may not, you may not be able to get it. And I think that's, I think more than panic and writing, I think that's the real danger of this. There's also some reports that besides the mortality rate, so the mortality, mortality rate reported usually is somewhere in the ballpark of two to 5%. It varies quite a lot by region, like I said, but that in and of itself is alarming, but that might not be the most dangerous thing. The most dangerous thing some reports are saying that up to 20 or 30% of people get a serious case that requires hospitalization. Not necessarily fatal, but they get sick enough to where they require hospitalization. Now, run the numbers through your head. If 20% if twenty of the U.S. population had to go to the hospital, we'd be in a lot of trouble. And that's, that's, a, that's a huge yeah. issue. And Forget about people that have the coronavirus, people who have normal illnesses, maybe they broke their leg and they have to go to the emergency room or they have a heart attack or whatever, stuff that's completely unrelated. The medical industry will be so saturated that there will be like secondary fallout that will cause problems and will cause deaths or injuries that would, would not have otherwise happened that you can't say are directly due to the coronavirus, but they're a result of the medical industry being overwhelmed. I think that's the kind of thing that's the real danger with this. And also disruptions to public services, like let's say power and water and that kind of a thing. So I, I think that the fallout from the coronavirus might be worse than the actual mortality rate of the coronavirus. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, see, I was thinking, this is why I wanted to have you on to talk about it, because I was kind of going along the lines of, I don't know that much about like all this stuff, that how, how it's going to affect the economy, how it's going to affect jobs and everything else. More, I was thinking along the lines of just there being a mass epidemic, um, everything gets shut down because everybody's sick, you know, nobody there's not a lot of people who are able to keep society going. And so I was kind of looking at it in that fatalistic downfall of society kind of thing. I mean, it's kind of ignorant from my point of view because I haven't done the research and I haven't looked up on it, but that's why I wanted to have you on here to talk about it. Well, I don't think it's ignorant because the, the news media, I don't think has done a really good job on this. For example, just 
well, it's not really the news media, but the World Health Organization contradicts itself almost daily. So they'll they'll come out and say that it's a bad thing. You should pay attention. It's going to be a pandemic soon or it is a pandemic. And then the next day they'll come out and say, we're not going to really call anything a pandemic anymore. So that's not a thing anymore. Then the next day they'll come out and say, well, you guys should probably start buying masks. And then the next day they'll come out and say, well, masks aren't going to help. And then the next day they say, well, masks will help. We're getting a very, the message that we're getting is very confused. So if the people who are supposed to know about this stuff are confused about it, what are we supposed to do? You know, how are we supposed to evaluate it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I think one thing that's very concerning as well is, uh, I mean, nationwide, a lot of our, our large city centers, there's an astounding amount of like mental health and, and homeless population that are just wandering the streets and are not going to be easy to keep track of. And I think the, the large majority of those people, unfortunately, if they do get sick, they're not going to check in with, you know, they're not going to go seek treatment, treatment, you know, or at least it's probably unlikely um, or less likely. But I mean, how, how are you going to control that or, or keep track of that? You know, yeah, because I, I those people, those people don't have insurance. So how are they going to get health care? It, it's going to spread. Now, that actually, that reminds me of an article that I read. I think it was yesterday. The article was pointing out that compared to a lot of other places, like let's say China. In China, if you get sick and you go to the hospital, they'll take care of you. But in America, if you go to the hospital and you need a test for the coronavirus, they're going to bill you for that. So most people, if they have symptoms, they can't afford to go to the hospital, whether or not they have health insurance, because it may or may not be covered. And you're not going to find out if it's covered until months after the fact. People are just going to not go. They're not going to go to the doctor. And that's a real problem in our country, specifically compared to other places with better health care. The numbers might be vastly underreported here. They might not be. I hope they're not, but they could be because... There's there's a really good chance that people are not seeking the medical care that they need. All right. So I'm on the page right now for the live update for the people infected and the confirmed uh, dead. And it says uh, uh -huh. con confirmed dead is two thousand nine hundred and seventy eight. So the, the problem with the numbers is that it, de it depends on the region you're talking about. But like in the United States, they don't even really have the test kits. So I saw an article where the governor of California said that they only had 200 test kits for California. And if you know what the population of California is like, 200 test kits, it might as well be zero. That's not even going to make a dent. Yeah, you're not. So they don't, they're not even able to really test for people. They're going on symptoms. And they did this in China where they, they ran out of, they didn't have enough test kits in China. Even the numbers you're seeing from China First of all, China's probably not reporting the real numbers anyways, but even if they were, a lot of those, they were basing it on symptoms, not on actual tests. The numbers, they might be useful to get a general idea. They're probably not accurate. There, there's both sides of this coin. So there's a lot of reports that many people who get the virus, they don't get it very severely. So if you're not, if you don't have it severely, you don't need to go to the hospital you're not going to go get tested for the coronavirus, assuming that you could, which you can't. But if you could, that leaves the possibility that the numbers reported are vastly lower than what they really are. So if you have, let's say, 80,000 cases reported with 2,000 deaths, those are probably the most severe cases. If you add in the mild cases, the percentage of people dying from it goes down from like 2 or 3% to maybe 
a little closer to where the flu is. Maybe not quite one in 10,000 or one in 30,000, but maybe a little closer, maybe one in 2,000 or one in 5,000 or something, right? So it becomes a lot less scary. On the other hand, it could go the other direction too. The virus could be a lot worse than we think it is. The fact is we're just not being given the information at this point to really make an evaluation for ourselves. We're, we're not being told the real numbers. They're kind of keeping all the numbers under wraps. And a good example of that would be the, the cruise ship, the, what is it, the Princess Diamond or whatever. They're reporting some numbers from that cruise ship, but they're not reporting how many people are in critical condition, how many people are stuck in a hospital bed and are close to death, but haven't quite got there yet. And you have to ask yourself, why are they not reporting that number? Conspiracy person in me wants to say that the reason for that is the numbers are far, far worse than you might expect. So we're talking cruise ships is probably older people. And like a lot of illnesses, this seems to hit older people harder than normal. So maybe the people on that cruise ship that are in critical care is far, far greater than they want to admit, maybe 50% or something like that, which would be pretty scary. Based on what you've gleaned from your research into this, I was wondering if um, what healthcare professionals are saying is true, that this virus is more, uh, it's deadlier to the people who are, um, who have like a, a compromised immune system, like the very mm -hmm. old or maybe the very young. And like, if you're just a regular person, you kind of have more resilience to bounce back from it. Yeah. Also people with pre-existing conditions. So it's not just it's not older and younger people exclusively. It's anybody with like a pre-exist. So you could be in your 30s and have a heart condition, for example. Also, you could be immunocompromised, which would make you very susceptible to this. It's hard to kind of stay on topic with this because I've seen a lot of reports. One of the reports I've seen says that the pneumonia that the virus causes is actually a fungal infection by asparagus or... I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's the most common mold in the world. You're breathing it in right now. It's so common that it, you're exposed to it all the time. But I've seen a report that says that this fungus will in, infect your lungs, and that's what causes the serious conditions. It allows it to get in when it normally wouldn't be able to. Yeah, and it's like, how are they going to combat against the virus? They can't even really combat like the flu virus because there's so many different strains coming out every year and they can only base it on like the previous year's strains so you don't get that thing again as bad and with this it's like how do you find an immunization when you don't yet know how every everything kind of falls into play they're working on a vaccine for it and i've seen multiple stories in the in the news saying that oh they they found the vaccine for it but in reality to have a vaccine that's released to wide wide enough, they have to test it and make sure that it's not going to make people worse than they already are. There's no weird side effects or whatever. Yeah, if they got to make sure it's not going to melt your brain. Yeah, if they got a vaccine out in a year, that would be a miracle. So a year would be very, very fast. So probably we're going to have to face this without a vaccine. That's what it's looking like. We're just filming full of hope there. When I watch the news, they're talking about if you have such and such symptoms, go to your doctor. But they didn't say anything about a test kit. They just said the doctor will then determine, you know, whether you uh, have the possibility of it. And then you will be confined to your home for about 14 days. And that's kind of it. It's just so it doesn't spread around the community. Even the 14 day thing is probably not long enough. 
there are reports that the incubation period might be much longer than that, maybe something like 25 days or 28 days. We don't know, but there there have been cases, Diamond Princess cruise ship, there's other there a couple other cruise ships where they let the people off and they were exposed to it and they they just kind of, they're kind of going about their communities now. There are reports that people even who were on quarantine for 14 days were let out and then they got other people sick. So 14 days might not be long enough. This thing might have a really long incubation period. How do you contain all these people? You know, there's so many things to factor in. It just seems like insane with the way the world works today. It's almost impossible to keep something contained like this. I agree. I think it would be pretty much impossible to contain. To You'd have to quarantine everybody. You'd have to ground every airplane. Just keep anybody from traveling anywhere. Close your borders. Everything shuts down. You know, they're... Nothing, the day the earth stood still, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Which would be pretty much impossible. Yeah, you, it's just, you know. can't do it because people are going to rebel against that, even though it's uh, some something that might be for their own good. They're still going to re- buck against it. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's going to be individuals out there that are, are, you know, for lack of a better word, I guess, they're going to react naively to it and selfishly. Oh yeah. You know, so. Well, and it is also like a, a cultural thing, so... We, I, I think I mentioned we went to a, a birthday party earlier that had like this big blow up thing. We were invited to this a, a month or two ago and there's sort of sort of like the social obligation. So do you want to be that person who's kind of that tinfoil hat wearing weirdo? And you're like, well, I'm not going out in public because I'm worried about this virus, which I think is a legitimate fear. But on the other hand, if it ends up being nothing not that big of a deal, you've just kind of outed yourself as a really big weirdo and everybody's going to be, well, that's, those are those weird people that didn't come to the party because they were wearing their tinfoil hats. You sort of have this social obligation. I actually went on, I went on the inflatable slide. I don't think that thing was clean. There was, there was like food stuck in the corners and like pennies. Oh man. It was dirty, right? It's an inflatable kid's toy, basically. It's a sponge. Yeah, yeah, a sponge so, for germs, especially with kids, like <laughs> their snots coming out of their nose and everything. And, you know, it's oh, yeah. just, uh, it's, a, it's a germ factory. When I was at this thing, I was like, well, I don't want to be that weirdo. I don't, you know, probably the coronavirus isn't on this thing. Probably it's going to be fine. But I was like, all right, I'll go on it. You know, <laughs> my kids are going on there and then they're, you know, putting their thumbs in their eyeballs or whatever they're doing. You know, kids are. <laughs> So, so even even if you avoid it, you might still get it because your kids are playing on that. My kids, they're very polite. You know, they'll come up and they'll sneeze right in my face. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, <Hey dad>. Yeah. <laughs> there's, so as far as I'm concerned, there's zero chance that I'm not going to be exposed to this. <laughs> right. The best way you can, like, you can hope for the best saying that your immune system is, you know, up to par and that you'll be able to fight this off or whatever it brings but there's really, they don't have medicine for it. I mean, even when I had a virus a couple of months ago, I was laid up for about a week. Um, really congestion, you know, dry nose, coughing and everything. And the most they told me to do was like, um, take ibuprofen, mucinex, and, you know, just wait it out. There are some medicines that are kind of unusual. They've tried out, for example, they've tried out a medication that's used for AIDS patients and it seems to be effective for the coronavirus. And I don't understand the science behind it, but it's something about, you know, boosting the immune system. 
that seems I don't know exactly why, but I've I've read reports, or I've read articles that say that there are some medications that seem to treat it. But on the other hand, if this thing goes widespread in the uh, in the USA, the chances that you're going to be able to get your hands on this very specific and probably very expensive medicine probably pretty close to zero. Mm. This brings us to drumroll, please. Conspiracy theories. I mean, come on, we got to talk about them, right? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Somebody, I think it was India, a doctor in India released a report analyzing the DNA sequence of the coronavirus, and they found portions of that DNA that were similar to the AIDS virus. The idea is that this is a manufactured virus from a laboratory that was released by accident, and the proof of this would be the similarity to the AIDS virus. And those portions would not naturally occur in a virus. The problem with this is that I'm not a doctor, so I can't really evaluate this information. I have, it could, you could might as well be saying that there's, you know, there, there's lemmings on Mars and I would believe you're not believe. I don't, I have no idea if any of this is valid, but this is one of the conspiracy theories out there. And it's, it's kind of fun. I don't really believe it. It's like a, something out of a movie, you know, they splice the AIDS virus with the coronavirus and the, the coronavirus, by the way, it's a common thing. It's one of the viruses that causes the seasonal flu and whatnot. So we get it all the time. But this coronavirus, that's why they call it the novel coronavirus, is because we haven't been exposed as a species to it, to this version of it yet. And we have zero immunity to it. And that's why I think they're so worried is because we cannot, our immune systems cannot deal with it. Okay, like, yeah. So it's kind of like a, a weaponized version of the AIDS virus that attacks immediately. Yeah, that's that's the theory. There is like a little bit of a little bit of evidence. I hesitate to say evidence, but it's all circumstantial. Like if you look at the way that the Chinese government reacted is a little kind of weird, right? That governments don't normally react like that. Also, there's a lot of patient, not a lot, but there's. You, you know, patient zero, there's a certain number of patients. I forget the exact number. Let's say 20 original patients in China. Some of those patients did not have any contact with the, the animal market. So the so for people who are unfamiliar with the coronavirus, it started in this marketplace. Uh, I've seen it called like a wet market where they sell exotic animals in the Wuhan area of China somewhere. The idea is that the virus came from bats. The virus went through an intermediate species and mutated in that species and then went to humans. So somebody either bought an exotic pet or bought an exotic animal to eat as lunch. And they got the virus from there in China in that market. That's the idea. But there is um, the only level four bio facility in China is, you know, just 20 meters away from that market. And some of the people, some of the original patients in China never went to that market. They got the virus from, we don't know. So there is a little bit, just a tiny hair of circumstantial evidence suggesting that this could be from a lab, but there's no proof either. Yeah. It's a fun theory. And it is. It's fun to toy around with. Given, given the possible severity of this thing, I, I would, I would you know, suggest let's not jump out on a limb, but hey, we can always discuss this stuff too, right? Yeah, definitely. That makes it more fun when you're like, oh, this could be, you know, this could be the cause of it. Or, you know, maybe somebody was, you know, creating a dirty bomb with a viral weaponry or something and it, it escaped. 
there's some people who have tied this into the NWO. People have tied it into extraterrestrials as the intermediary. I don't think they were being serious. People are tying it, saying Bill Gates released it to, <laughs> to cull the world population. There's man, there's a lot of wacky theories out there. Oh, I'm sure <laughs> you can. If you're interested, just go on Twitter and look for a hashtag coronavirus. And there is some weird stuff out there. Some of it's kind of fun. You always got to look at the silver lining. Try to keep a sense of humor, even in the darkest of times. Yeah. Well, I'm actually afraid of going on Twitter from catching the Twitter coronavirus because that place is a dumpster (laughs) fire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Twitter's a dirty place. Yeah. Oh, it is. (laughs) Yes. You're guaranteed to catch something. By the way, I'm a fan of low-hanging fruit, right? So what goes good with the coronavirus? Um, Lyme disease. But I'm bum. Got him. Got him. I, I had to. Sorry, uh, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I, I hadn't heard that one before, but I, I, I assume that's where it had to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had to it's think logic. about that one it's for logic. a second because sometimes yeah, I'm not always quick on the uptake there. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not come up. I did not come up with that one. By the way, I just want to put that out there. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw that on the Discord when uh, the whole coronavirus thing started. And um, I, I put a picture of a Corona bottle, you know, on Discord. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've seen a couple of people post on there. And if, for anybody listening who's not familiar, we're talking about the, the Discord for another podcast called Alien Theorists Theorizing, who, I mean, come on, they're, they're pretty much, I'm willing to say at least, they're pretty much the best conspiracy alien co- podcast out there. If you haven't listened to their show Go check it out. They're a lot of fun. Oh, hell yeah. I, I'm in agreement with that. It's uh, it's one of the best shows out there. You know, you yeah. feel like you're definitely part of the group. They have a, a Discord server. You have to be a Patreon to get on the server. But I think you get on there for just like a dollar a month or something. Here, dude, we should... We should uh we should get them to pay us, man. We're doing a commercial right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... Big advertisements. Well, the reason I'm mentioning it is I really like this Discord server because... It's an entirely non-toxic environment where I can go on there and I can talk about weird conspiracies and alien sightings. It's a really positive environment, you know? Yeah, it's a very healthy place to be. People will disagree on there and stuff, but nobody's making personal attacks. Nobody's saying, oh, you you think you saw something? You're an idiot. No, it's just a very, very friendly environment to discuss this kind of stuff. Yeah, and I think they had worked hard to cultivate that kind of environment, too. We were very excited when we got Braden on the show and then doubly excited when we got Dan on the show. So, I mean, it's just amazing that, you know, they're just really cool people. They are so cool. In fact, I've actually met them in person. I went to the fan meetup in Southern California when they went there for AlienCon. As as cool as you think they are, they're like 10 times cooler in person. They are really, they're a lot of fun to hang out with. I'm going to have to go to one of these things. To continue on the coronavirus, I'd like to point out a website that I found called covid19info.live and that has statistics like really detailed statistics about reported cases it has a news feed actually the news feed is the best thing on the other hand the numbers that they report may not be accurate and the formulas they use may not be accurate either so there's different ways to calculate the number of people dead for example, let's just look at mainland China, right? We have 79,824 confirmed cases, 2,870 deaths, and 41,627 recovered. So if we look at these numbers 
The deaths they list as 3.6%, and they're crunching that based on the confirmed cases. But some of those confirmed cases, those people are still sick. So if you look at it like if you compare the number of deaths versus the people recovered, that percentage goes up quite a lot. And it lists by countries. So, for example, Iran has 593 cases, 43 deaths, and 123 recovered. So if you look at 43 versus 593, that's 7.3%, but 43 into 123 is way much, much higher than 7.3%. And that is kind of scary. On the other hand, in the United States, it's 70 cases, actually 70, I think, I don't think that, that, I don't think that's right. But anyway, 70 cases, one death and seven recovered. So one out of 70, 1.4%, not really that scary. Um, but one out of seven kind of scary, right? Yeah. Take it with a grain of salt. I don't personally, I don't think these numbers are really that accurate. So there's something when you're talking about this virus, they call the R zero number. The R zero number means, uh, from what I, I'm not a biologist or a doctor, but from what I gather, the R zero number is how contagious the disease is. So if I have the disease and I give it to two other people, that means the R zero number is two. That's indicates how rapidly it's going to spread. The seasonal flu, the R0 number is something like 1.5. That means everybody who gets it is going to give it to 1.5 other people. But the R0 number for the coronavirus is something like 3 to 6, meaning that it spreads really quickly compared to other diseases. Hot damn. It, That's crazy. It, if you look at the graphs of the confirmed cases, not just... So I think the confirmed cases, I think that number is very, very low. I think there's a lot more people who have this disease who have not been confirmed as having it. And they're just not just, reporting it, right? The people who have it are not, they're not always reporting in that they got it or they're not going yeah. to see a doctor. Yeah. If they're not critical or whatever. But if you look at the graph of just confirmed cases, the rise in cases is exponential. Like it's not linear. That thing goes up fast. Oh yeah, it and is. We're, uh, we're looking at the the 23rd. It was like near yeah. zero. And then uh, right on the 28th, it jumped all the way to the top. Yeah. Like above 90,000, 90,000. There's a, a lot of conspiracies around this too, because we have numbers in China, right? And then it, it kind of goes outside of China, but the numbers outside of China don't look that bad. So people are wondering, why is this disease appear to be far worse in China than outside? But then we have places like Italy and Iran where the numbers are looking either the same as China or worse. But there's also people who point out that the numbers in China fit a particular formula. So they're saying that those numbers are fabricated. I guess, I guess the point is, is that the numbers are probably not accurate and they might even be invented. <laughs> you know, it's really hard to make an evaluation. It's, it's hard to look at all this stuff and say, this is what's happening. I, I don't know. It's really confusing to the average person. Yeah. But you know what I'm looking at? Um, the outside mainland China graph, the um, number of people infected as opposed to the number of people recovered, it kind of stays linear there. Yeah. But look at look at the number of people infected and it it's not a straight line, right? It curves. Oh, no, up. that goes up. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I'm talking about when I say exponential. It doesn't go up in a straight line, like a diagonal looking line. It goes up in like a curved line, meaning that you know, it, it, it just, it grows and grows and grows really quickly. And the confirmed and, one jumps up in almost the same, in the same position as the yellow line does. 
Yeah. I'm hoping that all of this stuff is overblown and that Trump is right and that the Democrats invented the coronavirus to to scare him off, you know, the elections or whatever. It, you know, it's it's going to be huge. America's going to get the coronavirus. <laughs> We're going to be the best coronavirus. We're going to make Corona great again, you know, uh, whatever. We're we're going to triumph over the coronavirus. We're going to name another beer after it. So I I apologize to people out there who may may be Trump supporters. I'm not a Trump hater necessarily. I just, he's just, I just really, he's entertaining to me. We're we're trying to make light of the situation because I mean, it seems a pretty dire straits right now. And like, if we don't laugh about it, we're probably going to cry. Um, honestly, I, this is like just looking at the graph and I know that this could be underblown or overblown, but it still looks pretty damn scary to me. The thing is, is we don't know the numbers being reported to me. The news stories seem very suspicious and the news I'm seeing appears to be very controlled. It, It is the very definition of a controlled narrative. And that makes you wonder, what are they not telling us? You know? Yeah. Like, does it turn you into a mutant or something? Like what's going on? Like there's a conspiracy theory out there that there's actually two viruses in China and one of them is like a bioweapon and they're using the coronavirus to cover up that bioweapon because, well, so I I don't think I said yet, like in China, the reports suggest that they're quarantined by quarantine. I don't just mean quarantine. I mean, they were supposedly they're locking people in their apartment buildings and not letting them leave. Like it's, it's just nuts over there. Apparently. Oh yeah. I don't know the, sure. While they sanitize the streets, I've seen um I've seen some video of that. Yeah, they they are burning money. They are just going to the banks and burning all the money to prevent the spread of the virus on bills. And so I read earlier, just just as like a you know PSA or whatever. Apparently, at room temperature, the coronavirus can survive on surfaces for nine days. You take a dollar bill. And trace that through nine days of economic activity, how many people will a $1 bill infect? You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's, yeah, it's crazy. My goodness. And then, um, so does washing your hands do anything? What you're supposed to do, the coronavirus, it will infect you through your mouth, your nose, and your eyes primarily. What you want to do is you want to wash your hands, practice good hygiene. You know, when you, if you have some sort of illness and you're coughing, don't cough on other people. You know, let's, let's be polite. Cough into the, the crook of your elbow and just, you know, don't cough on the doorknobs and that kind of a thing. And, you know, if you're going out to eat, like we went to dinner earlier, went to pizza and normally, you know, like well, I'm a real man. So normally I eat pizza with my hands, but I, as you know, maybe I'll just use a, a fork and a knife here. <laughs> yeah. Cause <laughs> you, you were touching doorknobs and chairs and whatnot. So there's a lot of people saying that face masks will not help protect you from this virus. But from what I've read, that's not entirely true because some people will, they call it like aerosols or something, but like you cough and that puts it out in the air. Mm-hmm. You can breathe that in. So having a face mask will help prevent that a little bit from like people coughing in your general vicinity. Right. It does filter out a lot of germs. But if you got a beard or you're kind of scruffy, then the air is going to kind of creep around that. So you have to get a well-fitting face mask that's going to fit on your face and prevent all the air from getting into your mouth. But if, you know, if it's, if there's like a crack on the face mask, or let's say you give your kid a face mask and it's a little too big for him, then the air is going to kind of creep around the edge. You you know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. It's very similar to the normal flu. Probably you can prevent yourself from getting sick, 
if you just practice good hygiene. Yeah, but and uh, stay away from people coughing or like, but it's impossible to know, like after someone sneezes, it still kind of hangs out in the air for a while and you could walk right through it and not even know. Yeah, it's, it's pretty scary. And like I was at the restaurant earlier, so we got a pitcher of beer and I'm thinking, all right, when they clean that beer, the pitcher, did, you know, who touched that? You know, did they handle money and then pour the beer? And then they bring you the glass and I'm not drinking my beer from a straw. So (laughs) when when they walk over with the glass, how high up was their hand? If their thumb was high enough up to where your lips going to touch, you know, so like I kind of go overboard and I start thinking of all these little details about like my cell phone, you know, like I was looking at the news when we were eating and I'm like, well, I just touched my cell phone, which I don't keep sanitary. And it's like, I think it would be nearly impossible (laughs) to cover every base, you know? Yeah. But you would drive yourself nuts. You'd have to carry like a, a box of like 50, you know, uh, latex gloves or something on you at, at all times to just keep on exchanging those out, you know, every time yeah. you touch anything. <laughs> yeah. You know, or I don't know. I mean, you have, you have to have that that along with uh, like a full face mask, I guess, with a, a N95 uh, filter on it or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Get yourself one of those old World War II face masks, um, the, the gas mask. Those things always smell. They always smell weird, though. <laughs> <laughs> you say, you say that like you come into contact with them frequently. Are you kidding me? When I when I was a kid, anytime I went into like one of those uh, those military like uh, surplus stores, uh-huh. I, I used to love those things, man. I, I'd, I'd go in there and put my face right in those masks. <laughs> what does this What does this do? Plop. <laughs> I probably I mean I probably still would, you know, nowadays. Yeah, why it's not? Long, you know. It's been a long time since I've been to one one of those stores, you know. It has like the smell of old rubber and diesel in it. Yeah, then there's always something you can't quite put your finger on. You don't know if it's mold or if it's like, you know, dried human flesh. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. man. So I think we've uh, exhausted every avenue of this. We've we've gone an hour. So, yeah. It really is. Well, um, there, it's hard to, like, when you're searching for facts on it when there's not a lot going around. Especially when supposedly reputable organizations like the World Health Organization, when they keep contradicting themselves or when they just say, we're just not going to use the word pandemic anymore. And then that's kind of when I throw up my hands and go, well, all right, well, why are you, why are we even, why do we even have you then? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you're just gonna, the heck are we going to call it? Yeah. We're kind of looking at them for answers, but we're not getting anything. I'll see information coming out on, Sources that are not reputable, like the National Enquirer, the New York Post, or, you know, all those UK tabloid sites or whatever, they'll put out a report that seems completely ridiculous. And then like three or four days later, I'll see CNN or Fox News or somebody like a a more mainstream, they'll issue the exact same report, but there'll be a delay of either, you know, a couple of days or a week or something. So it kind of, it's hard to know what to believe because you see something on the Enquirer, you're like, well, that's probably nonsense. But then you you see it on CNN or somebody you're like well maybe maybe it's real, but it kind of it kind of makes you question everything, and I think that they're kind of creeping out the information like this on purpose. You could say you could play devil's advocate and say they're doing this to prevent a panic, but on the other hand, I'm going to play devil's advocate to that and say that if this thing is as dangerous as it appears, people need to know. People need to go and buy supplies from the store. They need to buy the medicine they need before the supply lines get completely shut down if that ends up happening because if it ends up being as bad as it could be as i think it could be 
people are going to be in a lot of trouble. Nobody's going to have anything being delivered to their shelves and it's going to get really bad potentially. And if people don't get informed about that until the very last minute, then they don't have a chance to go buy, you know, a bag of dry rice or whatever, just so that they can prepare a little bit. I can dig it. I can get down with that totally. Because, um, you know, when, if, hopefully it doesn't, but should that go down, then the public has not been well informed. We have been ill prepared for anything like this. And, you know, we're just going to be standing there with our proverbial penis in our hands. Um, you know, we're not we're not going to know what to do. And that's when oh, yeah. the panic sets in and people are going to be freaking yeah. out doing things oh, yeah. that they wouldn't normally do. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be behind the ball from the get go and, and we'll be constantly playing catch up and, you know, mm-hmm. who knows what the heck that could lead to, you know? Yeah. yeah. Although I, ha- I have to add that, you know, it, standing there with my penis in my hand, that doesn't sound like a horrible scenario <laughs> to me, you know? <laughs> Well, no, but, it, context, if, but if there's a yeah. if there's a lot of people running around screaming, um, bashing in heads and everything, then that's probably not a good place to be holding anything. Well, well I don't hey, know. Still, everybody's I mean... into something. <laughs> Depends on your kink, right? <laughs> that's not my bag, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel like I've learned quite a bit. Like I was saying before, I have this. I've been paying a little bit of attention, but not, not nowhere near as much as uh, Agent Anderson. Here. Yeah, same here. I've uh, been catching little bits and pieces on the news, you know, and just I, I'm trying to keep my distance from it for a reason because I tend to fall into a panic mode. So, mm-hmm. but this was definitely not panic inducing. It was a lot more informative, and I feel like I came out of it knowing more than when I went into it. And I think if I if I was going to give advice to people, I'd say don't panic. But if you can, just prepare a little bit, you know, keep but, calm, and, buy a lot of rice yeah, or whatever, whatever needs you have, you know, like I went and got some propane cans so I can cook stuff if we lose electricity, just, but panicking is not going to help anybody. Hopefully, hopefully it ends up being a big nothing burger, but prepare for the worst and hope for the best. I, I read that somewhere. I forget where, but I think, it, I think it applies here. Yeah. You know, what's bad mm. though, that face masks are not available, um, and I see them on eBay selling for like sixty to eighty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> when you could go wow. to when you could go to a pharmacy and buy a pack for like fifteen dollars. So people are, are already taking advantage of it, huh? Oh yeah, there yep. there always will be people taking advantage of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I went I went to Walmart three or four days ago just to get some hand sanitizer, the propane tanks I just mentioned. It's just a couple of basics, and they they were out of face masks. They were out of hand sanitizer. There so. It doesn't appear that people are panicking, but some people have already bought a lot of this stuff. <laughs> yes, They're, they probably have their fallout shelter stocked to the brim with face masks and hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I wish I wish I was in that boat. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad situation to be in, but as long as it's not at the cost of cost of other people yeah yeah and like me i use face masks for a whole other purpose because i don't like getting cat litter in my nose or mouth so when i clean the litter box i have to wear a face mask um Mm -hmm. but i haven't been able to go to the store and buy any because there there's just none available i will say that i i found hand sanitizer at i go to a grocery store it's called grocery outlet it's like a discount grocery store because the safeway is you know they're too expensive (laughs) i can't afford them anymore so they actually had hand sanitizer 
And I think the reason they had it was because people go to Walmart expecting to find this stuff. So yeah. a cup, like two or three people go to Walmart and they'll buy everything. But if you, if you're looking for this kind of supplies, go places where you may not expect maybe the dollar store, maybe a grocery outlet or whatever. Home and those. yeah, and just buy a little bit. I bought like a couple of them and there were, I don't know, there were maybe 20 or 30 of them there. I just bought a couple of them, enough for me and my family, and just leave some for other people. You know, yeah. don't panic. Don't go wild like you're on some kind of a shopping spree and just fill your cart with all of it. I mean, yeah, let me, let me do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then yeah. we'll know who to blame when that happens, though. <laughs> I know that, like, the, just those face masks um, alone, you can get those at Harbor Freight, at uh, Home Depot or Lowe's or any of those, those uh, Ace Hardware, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, any of those places will have them if they haven't already been soaked up by somebody else, of course. Yeah, I was actually, yeah. I've seen somebody um, taking a bunch of them from the hospital when I was there for my physical therapy session. Really? It was, they were going right in there they're like, okay, stop the spread of the flu. And they're just pulling out the face masks and everything and the hand sanitizer. <laughs> I'll take this. Thank you very much. Hey, why not, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure no, the, don't do that people the nurses were looking at I'm like okay we we know where this is going that, so was it somebody that worked there uh no this was a patient I believe so they were just walking out with this yeah stuff? they were walking out with it and oh, okay. it's just, just like wait, wait this is flag and let, let do something yeah this is what yeah. it's come to they'll probably sell it on eBay jeez hmm. Yeah, definitely don't do that because patients need that. <laughs> yeah, they do. I mean, you're in a hospital and that's where the stuff spreads around the most. So, yeah, hospitals stock that stuff for a reason. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you're more apt to catch something if you're in a hospital than you are um, out on the street or at your home. Hopefully those masks already had some uh, some coronavirus. <laughs> they they were just kind of <laughs> slathered with the coronavirus. <laughs> so whenever somebody puts oh. it on, they immediately catch it. <laughs> Yeah, hey, why, yeah. why is that guy? Why is that guy taking up those used coronavirus masks uh, packaged up there? <laughs> it's like those oh, are whatever. those are test kits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> another another conspiracy theory that I haven't brought up yet. There's there's so many of them. So the the Princess Cruise ship, they're keeping the people quarantined on there to use those people as guinea pigs to experiment to see how it spreads and how to test drugs on them and whatever. So that's the short, short, short version, but that's one of the conspiracy theories out there. Sorry, I had to bring that up. Oh, I like that. Now, it's where, a good one, right? Yeah. Where was this ship uh, headed to and coming from, though? I believe it was docked on near Japan, like on Japan somewhere, but I don't know what their exact itinerary was. Okay. So they were definitely coming from Asia, though. Yeah, I believe most of the people on this particular ship was, they were Asian, which, by the way, I've seen news reports of people... Uh, of like uh, racism or people um, throwing stuff at Chinese people or whatever. All right, so I just, PSA, public service announcement, Chinese people don't necessarily have the coronavirus. <laughs> Give them a break. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. It's, it's not It's not about race. Although there is a conspiracy theory. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not making this up, I swear. This is what I mean when I say there's so many. So there's a conspiracy theory that Asian people have a specific genetic receptor like the, like the A2 receptor or something like that. So that's why in China, that's why it's so much worse is because if you have Asian genetics, you're genetically susceptible to the disease. And of course, that means that this disease was engineered to attack it. it, uh, I I won't go on on that one, but there's, like I said, there's so many conspiracies on this one. 
That sounds like fun, white nationalist but, propaganda right there. Yeah, it's kind of fun, but sometimes it's not fun. I don't know. Everything, it's kind of like the rule 32 or whatever, where it's like, it, if it happened, then it's on the internet or there's porn of it or something. And so that would probably yeah. be the same way about this. Yeah. Every, for every story you've got, there's a conspiracy theory behind it. Thanks for listening. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. Huge thanks to Bobby Blades from the Inhuman Experience podcast for joining us today to talk about the coronavirus. You can follow his show on Twitter at IEXP underscore podcast. Update. While I was editing this podcast today, Sonoma County, where I live, declared a state of emergency due to the coronavirus. The numbers have changed since we recorded this not that long ago. There are now 90,928 confirmed cases, 3,117 deaths, or 3.4%, and 48,026 recovered, or 52%. Stay safe out there, and remember, practicing good hygiene can prevent the spread of the coronavirus. It primarily enters the body through your nose, mouth, and eyes. So if you wash your hands, you can prevent infection on yourself and others. Finally, I saw one last critical piece of information today. The CDC has informed us that the coronavirus is not communicable via farts unless you smell the fart from a very close proximity on somebody who's not wearing pants. So I suppose one way to interpret this would be that pants prevent the spread of coronavirus.